This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. sing soprano before puberty when my voice cracked due to puberty I, I, I was sad for many months because before the night I sing he has done marvelous he has done marvelous he has praised the Lord Also will now go Marve- marvelous 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 things praise the Lord then I will now go He's done marvelous. He's done marvelous. Praise the Lord. Then bass now go. He's done marvelous. <laughs> My voice cracked in just something, and I, I, I almost SS1 or so. I, 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 you know, the guy I was going to hand over to. My voice became one funny tenor like that. He actually yapped me. I can never forget him. He's a, I think he's a medical doctor now. He's a fantastic guy. He may, be, he may hear this message of by you one Ayobo. So you must have forgotten, but I, I, I don't forget. He said, Your voice used to be very nice. <laughs> My successor, I was in charge of the choir. That's how I know that I'm going to be in the choir in heaven. Praise God. I want to say thank you to my pastor, Pastor Shola, for this. Um, awesome privilege to share God's word with you. When I get to talking about um, Pastor Shola, I always use the singular because it's very personal to me. I could have said our pastor. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's my pastor. You can also say your own. All right. And I, I do not take it for granted. Thank you, sir. Um, honored to share God's word with the household of David. I want to say thank you to my very own mama, our head of ministries. Pastor Abby, for this privilege. Thank you very much, Ma. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, just before we sit, I want us to read Exodus 1 12. Exodus 1 12. Do we read Exodus 1 12 or do we read John chapter 3? Let's read John 13. Let's read John 13. <laughs> John 13, we'll get to Exodus 1 in a moment. John 13, 3 to 15. They're both long stories. We're going to read them together. Now, this was just before Jesus died. And the Bible says, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hands and that he was going back to God, verse 4, he riseth from supper 
King James English. I, I love it. And laid aside his garments, ruled his Agbada, and took a towel and girded himself. Verse 5. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And after washing the feet, he wiped them with a towel around him. Okay? We're going to verse 13. Let's go on. Let's go on quickly, quickly. Then comes he to Simon Peter. And Peter says to him, Lord, <laughs> you're not going to wash my feet. <laughs> no, Pastor Shala, you can't clean my shoe. That's what was going on here. Verse 7. Jesus answered and said to him, let me just contemporize this. Pastor Shola answered and said, Ebele, what I'm doing now you don't understand, but you will know after now. Verse 8. Ebele said to him, Pastor, you will never shine my shoe. Because when we read these things, you know, in Bible English, you just read it. Think about Pastor shining my shoe. What do you think I would do? Peter's reaction was very natural. Jesus answered him and said, Ebele, you've done membership class. You've done discipleship class. You've been working here in this church with me for so many years. If I don't shine your shoe, it is finished. You have no part with me. Verse 9. Verse 9. Pastor Bele said to him, Lord, <laughs> don't only shine my shoe. I'm going to drop my clothes for laundry right now. Wash my head. Verse 10, Jesus says to him, if you prayed this morning for this service, I only need to shine your shoe because you are fine. Verse 11, verse 12, so after he has washed their feet and taken his garments, he removed the towel, wore his clothes again, and he sat down at the table and he said to them, do you know what I've done to you? Verse 13. And he began to explain to them. He said, you call me master, you call me Lord, you call me senior pastor. You know, and you, you, that you're writing, for so I am. Verse 14. Verse 14. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Praise God. Praise the Lord. You may please be seated. God bless you. So, I don't know what the title of this message, but I believe that as I go on, um, maybe you can call it the covenant of service. Covenant of service. When I, when, when every Sunday, you know, when pastor says, for instance, we should go around and greet people. You know, if you just stand and look, you will see some people that never, they don't, they don't move from where they are standing. If they greet anybody that day, it's because people come to them <laughs> to shake their hands. They just sway to the song. They don't move. You know, it is a consequence of the environment in which we live in. Just before this service, I had a very rich Bible study with direct. <laughs> Director Ayo and Captain D. And we talked about some deep things. You know, one of the reasons why you must read your Bible and why you must read Christian history, Christian literature, you know, you must go and find out when you hear pastor mention names, you know, like Archbishop Benson Idahosa, like mentions names, you know, like Pa Elton, when you hear names like Wesley Spurgeon, 
people of God, especially if you are under the age of 30, you have to go and look for those names and start reading what happened, what happened in their time. Because you might be under the impression that you are a Christian. You may not know that what you are practicing as Christianity is abnormal. In fact, there's one of the books, one of the best books that I have. When someone asks me that, Pastor Ebele, how can I grow spiritually? Send me books. And people in this church will testify. There are three books I will send to you. The first one is called Love the Way to Victory. It was written by Kenneth Hagin. I love that book so much because I've read all many of his books on faith. But when the Bible says faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6, that book, more than, it just exploded my mind. It was Dunin that gave me the book. I never returned it. First time I stole a book in my life, I said, I'm not giving you back. Eventually, someone was going to that. This was, the, this was before the advent of WhatsApp and all those things. You know, when people are going and relocating, my friends, and I want to give them something, I, I'll give them a book. The book is usually marked and underlined. I remember I gave one, one brother, like 14 years ago, I gave him, uh, 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 what's the name of this book by Steve Farah? Finishing Strong. That book did me strong thing. When I read in that book that, they did a survey of, let's say, 100 Christian men who had fallen into the sin of sexual immorality. And 100 of them knew it would not happen to them. It's not that they thought. They, I say, if they had told them that they would, they would you know, be unfaithful in their marriage, like me. <laughs> you should have been in my prayer room this morning. She said, I was singing. I'm pressing on the upward way on Christ the solid they knew it would never happen I mean these are serious believers ah, the book shook me to my very core because young people especially young ministers they know how to talk they know how to correct the whole church you see, that, see, they say all of them they just have branches all over the world is that, is that church? church is people who are in the branches? the second book is uh, the Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozer. Hey, Kalabashante. Oh, oh, yeah. Books that it will take you one year to read. Not because you are a slow reader, but because as you are reading it, God will hold you down and be like, it's either you change your life or you stay here. You can't pass the book. I'm not surprised when I read the preface and I, and I hear that this man wrote the book on his knees. Because people write books now, you know, people have always written books as a status symbol. I want to write a book by the age of 30. He, that book came out of the place of prayer. And the third book is The Normal Christian Life by Watchman Nee. I, I don't like saying this one is my favorite one, but that book, <laughs> of the three I've mentioned, I said one year to read for the first four chapters, The Blood and the Cross. What struck me about the book was they called it the normal Christian life. And the life that was there was not normal for most Christians. That's when I understood that I was living the abnormal Christian life. Because the normal Christian life is not a life of struggle. You are more than a conqueror. You don't struggle with sin. You don't struggle to forgive. You don't complain. You are full of joy. Hallelujah. Young people have to read these books so that you can understand that there are certain things that are in our generation that are abnormal. 
when I got born again, church was so powerful that it didn't happen to me, all right? Because my, my, my parents, you know, were fantastic. My mom was a Pentecostal. If you want to know where my roots go to, my mother, my first pastor, my first prophet, my first apostle, <laughs> my first everything. It was my mom I first heard praying in tongues in the middle of the night. She used to groan in the spirit. <laughs> I cannot forget. I don't know if she's going to watch this. <laughs> and I'll just start my brother, my sister, Adure, when <laughs> they started. <laughs> Groaning in the spirit. What is she praying for? For the Christians in church. For a belly. See the way I walk now, you know, they say I don't walk fast and everything. It's, it's, ma it's mama's prayers. I was an Ijobon before I met the Lord Jesus Christ. But Captain D was talking about company last week, Wednesday. Oh, go, go get that message. I went to 100 level. Like, I say 100 level, JS1. Like, I was just, you know, Fico from primary school, getting ready to, you know, to show them. In my first time, I was second in my class. That's how I was walking up the staircase one day. I was a brother to my to my to my dorm. Someone tapped my ear like this. You know that thing you tap someone's ear like this and then you go to this side. So the person will now turn like this. I say, it's me, it's me. That's how I met this guy. I'm not going to mention his name. He's a fantastic guy now. He lives on the island. He's a big boy. <laughs> He's we, we, all of us have been delivered. By the following day, we became two tapas. By the next stem, we became three. By the time I was in GS3, we were the troublemakers of the whole school. As in, I say, serious trouble. I remember when we took someone's provisions. His locker was open. We took all his provisions and went to hide it. As in, we did strange things. You know that one that you'll be talking to? I'll say, God, I want to tell you something important. Then someone will go and bend down behind them on all fours. As I told you, I will now push you. You know what I'm saying? Because you will fall down. As in big, 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 bigger, bigger than us. And you know we're all boys. They will start chasing you. Start chasing you. Now, the trick when they're chasing you is that if they catch you, they will beat you. <laughs> so you have to change your, your tactics. You let them chase you until their aim goes from beating you to just catch. Let me just catch this guy. So you run, 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 run until they are out of breath. <laughs> she be, I've got you now. She be, I've got you. But the energy to beat you has gone. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you caught me. You caught me. <laughs> okay, on to the next person. And I read all those books by Wally Shuinka and all those things. I, I was, as in, I used to, you know, I, as in, my mouth was sharp. I leave you to the hands of your of your, of your flatulent belly, you barren sinner. That was some Brother Jerry's metamorphosis. If you read Wally Shuinka. As in, I was bad. As in, when I yabbed my classmates, because then I was secondary school, they used to, we used to do all these yabbies. Their yabbies was just like normal Nigerian yabbies, you know. You see taxi, you see TA times one, you see Maggie, you see me jiggy jiggy one, all those things. I, did, <laughs> I didn't used to say all those kind of stuff. I'll be like, the, you know, the concatenation of your middle of Lankata. So, when I yabbed my classmates, they used to shout, yay! Because they did not understand. Unfortunately, the more they shout, the more the person will get angry and will beat you. My grades were dropping from... My parents, they wanted me, we're going to pull you out of that school and bring you to, what's it called? Until I met the Lord Jesus Christ. 
But I, I believe and I know it's because my mother prayed for me. Oh, that, that, uh, that woman is special in my heart. All those books, I read them before I met Jesus. I met Jesus in, in secondary school in SS1. But before then, I had read Smith Wiggles, what? Kenneth Hagin, Dwight Moody. I had read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation when I was eight years. I didn't know the Lord. What happened? I was five. I saw a book in my house, one of my mother's books. <laughs> I saw heaven. Robert Lyadon. The guy said he used to read the whole Bible every year from the age of five. His grandmother would tell him, if you read four chapters a day, in a year you will finish the Bible. So, and if he spends too much time, his grandma will get a cane and flog him. I said, ah, so when he was eight, one day he wanted to read his Bible. He sat down on the chair, so he lay his head like this. He was in the spirit on the Lord's day. He was taken into the third heavens. I can still remember when he played in the river of life. <laughs> With Jesus, they were doing water fights. Only for him to come before the throne of grace. And it was the same Jesus on the throne. Everybody was worshipping. Full of light. Ha! I was five. I said, I, I must see heaven. So I picked Good News Bible then. There was no Good News Bible with all those diagrams. I began to read it. It took me three years. But by the time I was eight, I don't even think my mom knows this story. I had gotten to Revelation 22. <laughs> I was now waiting. All we are saying... Take me up now. All we are saying. It didn't happen. So I used all my knowledge to argue with Jehovah's Witnesses. You know, but that woman prayed. So when I got saved, I think that those were the dying days of the Scripture Union Revival. Church was something else. My friends would be locked out of their houses because they, they don't care. Pastor has told some of those stories before. They would people would trek. When someone comes to church, they say, ah, Pastor, you know I trek church today. They are saying that they are saying it as a trial. It wasn't a trial then. It was a joy. You would trek to church one hour, 15 minutes to fellowship, and then you would start dancing. You will start dancing. Nobody wanted to go back home. Then when you were sick, I'm not going to get to the message today, I know. Then when you were sick, that was in the reason why you must go to church. Because if you went to church with an illness, I, I don't think that illness will come back with you. If you just had fever like this and you'll be happy that Bible study is coming, Bible study, Bible study. Think about it. But now, when someone is not feeling fine, I'll say, ah, Pastor Bele, I am not coming to church. I'm not feeling well. I'm saying this so that you can realize that there are certain things that we call Christianity now that are abnormal. Praise God. In this story that we read, Jesus began to show them something. And that's why I went, I brought it contemporary and I, I, I began to talk about Pastor Shola. You know, Jesus, they, they knew he was the Messiah, the promised one, the king. He removed his clothes and he began to wash their feet. He began to wash their feet. You know, 
And when it came to Peter, Peter said, you are not going to, you are not going to do this to me. And of course, they went into this back and forth. And Jesus Christ told him that, oh God, if, if you have walked on water, Peter had walked on water. <laughs> Peter had healed the sick because they said, Jesus sent them out from time to time and they cast out devils. He said, if, if you don't let me do this thing now, you have no part with me. Peter, said, Peter understood what he was saying. He said, ah, wash me. Take, take, bathe my whole body. It is that serious. What Jesus was showing them was how to treat each other. <laughs> that is the definition of service. When you get to Matthew 25 from verse 31. We're not going to read it because of time's sake, but you will see what the Bible says there. That when the king has come in his kingdom, he will separate people unto him on his right and on his left. He will say to those on his right, enter into the kingdom prepared for you because when I was hungry, you fed me. <laughs> when I was thirsty, you gave me drink. When I was naked, you created me. And he mentioned six things like that. And they will say to him, Lord, when were you hungry? They'll be like, Director Dami, Abi, Maya, Director in charge of welfare. Many people have received welfare. Have you ever seen Jesus among them? Sincere question, like, Lord, when you were naked, yeah, I read you were naked on the cross, but I wasn't there. When were you naked? I pray that if there's one thing you take from this service, is that you begin to read your Bible like this. One of the ways to become a normal Christian is when you are reading the word of God, enter into it and take the word seriously. I'll show you another place in Acts chapter 9 in a moment. And Jesus said very simply, whatever you did to the least of these, you did to me. I want you to take a good look at the person sitting to your left and to your right. Just look at them. Look at them. Look at them. Look at them. I want you to ask them what their name is. Tell them that some people are not even looking. They're like, ah. One of the reasons why church is abnormal now is because it's a mixed multitude. You know, some people came into church to toast. Their toaster at home is not working. So they brought egg and everything, and the bread, and they want to toast. Some people come to church to seal. A church is rising in the name of Jesus. That when people come into the church with the wrong intention, the moment they sit on, their, on the seats, something will happen to them. And in the name of Jesus, that church is the household of David. I want you to turn to that neighbor and say, Jesus. You're not telling them Jesus so. You are calling them by their name in the eyes of heaven. Because he said, whatever you do to the least of this. If I say that if Jesus came here now, how will you shake him? Like, ah, I won't shake, shake him. I will embrace him. And I say, shake your neighbor. You're like, just like. 
paralysis handshake. I don't, I've never understood that thing. Say hello, nice to meet you. Hello. Shake me, shake me. It's a pastor's birthday. You know, you do all kinds of things. Jesus said, whatever you do to the least of these. Ah, there's no time. The kingdom is upside down. No? That's why when the kingdom came, they said the men that have turned the world upside down. No, let me put it this way. The world is upside down. Do you understand? So when the kingdom that is right side up comes, they have to turn like this to look at it. Jesus Christ said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. To be a Christian is adjustment. It's a constant adjustment. <laughs> it's a transformative experience. You will never be the same again. One way you know you are a child of God is that when you look into the mirror, you say, I used to, this person looks familiar. Jesus. Because the person staring back at you is gentle, but you know you are a troublemaker. The person staring at you does not is can never tell a lie, but you know that when you were growing up and you all of you go out and you're coming back, they put you in front of the line. Because the moment they say, Where are you coming from? You are the best. You just come out. Ah, Mommy Shade said we should. Ah, bah, bah, bah. The light has already come out. But since you met the Lord, and they say, when, what time did you arrive work? And you arrived at 8.07. Everybody there wrote, the last time there, all of, every, you were the first to come at 8.07. Resumption is 8 o'clock. But the last time there is 7.22. You now go there, you just write 8.07. Not only, not, not only does, does Christianity transforms you, it, it, it shatters this world. Because the first thing that happens is that your colleagues will now be having problems with you. They'll be like, you want to spoil our... You are, you are finished. You are spoiled. I'm a Christian. I will spoil your record. I will spoil your sin. I will spoil your... By the time I'm done, I will spoil you to the point that you, you will be unspoiled. A Christian is a radical. Ah, God. My time is up. I didn't even get to Exodus. I wanted to show you what covenant of service really is. People of God, I want to tell you this tonight. Service is a covenant. Is <laughs> the secret of having a special place in the heart of God. When he told them and said, I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet. If you treat one another like this, The whole world will know that you are my disciples. It does not start with ushering. It does not start with preaching. It does not start with choir. It does not start with, you know, whatever department. It starts with the person on your left and the person on your right. Look at them again. Some of you have forgotten the names that you asked for just now.
where I wanted to read in Exodus 1 was the story of the Hebrew women who refused to kill the Hebrew boys. If you know the story, they were multiplying as slaves in Egypt. And Pharaoh said, ah, these people are multiplying too much. Go and kill them. Kill the boys. That's when Moses was born. And they were, those two women, they refused to kill the boys. And they went back to Pharaoh. And they told Pharaoh that, ah, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. No. That before we get there, they have delivered. They were lying. That's where the folk, the folk tale of delivering like a Hebrew woman came out from. It's a myth. There's no such thing in the Bible. There's nothing. Hebrew women, some of, a lot of them died in childbirth. Benjamin's mother, Joseph's mother, died in childbirth. Eh? The Bible says that Jesus Christ said that, you know, a woman, Jesus said a woman, when she's in labor, her travail is much. But when she gives birth, she's happy. You know, but that's where the myth came from. If you go there, the Bible says in that chapter that because of what they did, God built houses for them. Not as in physical structures, though. He, he, he made sure that their own families were solid. See, this church or any church, if you're watching me from anywhere around the world, the church of God is the family of God. When it comes to serving in the house of God, in the church of God, it means that you have this special love for God's people. Even the very least of them. You are not in church to get. You are, you are there to give. If you give, you will get. But you're not there to, you know, that, that is the abnormal Christianity we see today. I, I, just, I just want to go and get the word. Oh, Niriba. You know, that word you're looking for will not come to you. I just want to, the praise in that church is a consumerism mentality. That's why a person can go to church for 10 years and his life will not change. He may get some testimonies, some miracles, and so on and so forth. Breadcrumbs under the table. Because he has not discovered this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Anyone who will walk with God must be like that. So we're going to end this message. You are going to greet 25 people. So that's where I was going to from the beginning of Nasset service. You will get up from your seats. And then you will go and meet 25 people. You will greet them and ask them their names. You will give them a handshake, a smile. You will hug them and so on and so forth. When you come back to your seat, I will call anybody. I'm going to ask you. I just want to hear 25 names. Once, once you, go, you get to 24 and you stop, Lucky Church, I will post you there. <laughs> Praise God. I want you to get up and meet five people this evening. Five people. Shake them. Ask them their names. Tell them I love you. I love you the way Jesus loves you. Tell them I'm here to serve you. If possible, I will wash your feet. 
give them a hug if you can. If you have a crush on them, come forward for deliverance. This is church. This is the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. You can come back to your seats, but please don't sit, just remain standing so that we can close. We can take the offering. Bless you. Thank you so much. Edward, Ebele. <laughs> All right. Praise God. You see this covenant? It will keep you healthy. If you keep doing this thing, your faith will work. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just stay after me say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. God bless you.